0: And welcome to Touch Podcast, everybody. This is Nate. This is Ryan. And this is Shannon. And today we're going to have a very exciting episode. We're going to go into a grab bag of goodies. Goodies being reviews or just questions. And also experiences that we've had, face-to-face question experiences that we've had on our on our career paths. And I'm here just doing Touch Podcast. Yeah, we
1: think we're going to call this episode Crazy Questions, not because the people are crazy, but because we have a pile of uh, listener email about some of the more edgy topics that, we've, that got mentioned for a second but we really haven't addressed. And so I think I'll just uh, – why don't I just throw these out there and we'll take them. Well, t- well it is they are what they are. it is what it is So um, <laughs> um, so there, there here's a little cluster that I think kind of go together. Um, we've got a question about uh, what do you all think of the ethics of swinging? And I think mm. this is like for Christians like I all of these are like from Christian people who are curious. Um, what about um, clothing optional or nudist? Um, clubs or hangouts or beaches or something and then another question which might be is uh, about polyamory within Christianity and I think um uh, I think this person's question is about sort of committed polyamory, not about um where where the where they sleep around all they want. It, this is about having some sort of committed mm-hmm. multiple, Sexual partners who all know each other and hang out all the time. That's what they're talking about.
2: The interesting thing is that I know that my listeners are like, What? Like, there's no way that you can have polyamory within Christianity.
1: I, 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 <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to say? Please know that, yes, my, uh, I'm. <laughs> These topics make Make me anxious. Yes. So instead of running from them, (laughs) instead of running from them, I am running toward it. Facing my fears.
2: Well, well, I I mean... I really am going to a good destination, but I admit it is such a rocky road in my mind to get there because I'm so nervous that people will think that I like am a proponent or a fan or like, and I'm not, I, I, am I'm, I'm totally monogamous both personally. And I, and that's what I recommend professionally, but someone did make the comment recently about how, you know, that there was a lot of polyamory going on in the Bible. Right. And it's like,
0: I can't deny
2: yeah. that. You're know,
0: like, it, Yeah.
2: Yes, it has been going on since the dawn of time. But again, I'm only prescribing it. I'm not describing it.
1: No, you're just, you're doing the opposite. You you said that backwards, Shannon. What? You said, I'm only prescribing it, not describing it.
2: Did I say that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, That was not a Freudian slip. I
1: assure you. It was not a Freudian
2: slip. So yeah, let it go on the record that the conversation that we're about to have is that we all three are going to have different opinions about this and that's okay. Yeah. That's one of the reasons why we were excited about doing this show this way is because there is room for discussion and dialogue without stone throwing and s- scorning off. And it's like, you know what? We, we love each other and we have a great time, but we can agree to disagree. And yeah, I, I, I can't I can't do... Uh, we Greg and I were actually approached one time um, it was our 25th wedding anniversary at St. Lucia. And we had walked from our Airbnb down the beach toward a a resort that we didn't know was obviously more for for people who are far more open-minded and progressive than we are. <laughs> Let's put it that way. And we were sitting there uh just having our, you know. Cocktail or whatever, and Greg decided he needed to go back for something, so he walked away. And during this time, a couple came over and sat down and struck up a conversation. And after about eight minutes, they just went straight to the point and said, So, are you guys interested in coming back to our room with us? And I was like, Why would we? <laughs> yeah, it took me a second, and then I realized, Oh, and then I asked, It's like, is, is that what this resort? Is? And they were like, "Yeah." <laughs>
1: <laughs> you wandered on to a swingers resort.
2: Exactly. <laughs> so I That's
1: guess amazing. it was. I guess it was all inclusive.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Good one.
1: So I was um, for the listeners. I um, I do a lot of things. I do consulting. I do a little stand-up comedy, um, funny stuff at churches, and then um, I do a little. Uh, acting as well and I was on set a couple weeks ago um, and standing in line for lunch and this woman um, that was standing where I was standing had this uh, on her purse she had this great big brass um, pineapple as like the pull on the purse and this is like a big pineapple like a little bit bigger than a than a golf ball and the woman behind me says to her, um, "Oh, that's a really, that's a really beautiful pineapple." And I said, um, and I turned and I was you know listening to their chit chat and I said, "Oh, are you from South Carolina?" And the woman with the pineapple on her purse looked at me and said, just like, really confused, and said, "No, I'm from Florida," and, um, and then smiled at me. And I said, oh, okay. Well, my wife is from South Carolina. And there's like, you know, they have pu- people from there. You know, there's pineapples on everything, on the welcome mat, on the shower curtain. And she just gets this really big grin on her face. And the other woman gets this big grin on their face. And um, and then I said, um, oh, what did you do in Florida? So I'm like making chit-chat. And, uh-huh. um, and then the other the the woman without the pineapple, I can feel her energy get kind of awkward. Like I can tell she's like, she wants me to shut up. I can, I can tell that (laughs) I'm, I'm reading it. And then, um, so I, so I just kind of, you know, let the chit chat fizzle. And then later I'm, I'm standing near the, the, the woman without the pineapple. And I said, yeah, that conversation got kind of awkward. Um, but, what did I say something weird? And she said, well, you were talking a lot about her pineapple. And I said, (laughs) I said, okay, what, what are you talking about? She said like, that is the international symbol for swingers.
0: (gasps) And I said,
1: Oh, I I did
2: not know that. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I said, what? And so she goes, yeah, yeah, look it up. So I look it up and like, yeah, apparently if you're like displaying a pineapple, as this woman was, it oh. means that you're open. Your you and your partner are open for other people to join you. And then there's this bit about like sh- in the grocery store, like if you put a sh- if you put a pineapple in the in your shopping cart, like you know where the on the on the tray where the kid goes, that that means that you're you're open for you're shopping for more <laughs> sexual partners. And then I was like, Oh my gosh. And so the other woman started making fun of me. Like, I think that she thought you were like trying to lead into and awkwardly going into, Oh, well me and my wife, we have pineapples, you know, like that kind of thing. And I was like, Oh my gosh, i got to go find the poly the swinger and go let her know. I
0: wasn't trying to uh, make an appointment or something. So, they're they're already spreading your this this story into the inner networks, and now you and yeah. you and your wife are already known. <laughs> you're, there's this group so here down for anything. Oh oh oh!
1: I forgot a part <laughs> of the story because part of the story was okay. So it's like I was like oh. Uh, my son and I are at the grocery store, and he really wanted a pineapple. And Aldi has pineapples on sale for two dollars. And so I've, got, I had, you know, I was talking about, you know, the pineapples in my shopping cart, and blah blah blah. So I had said that in the original conversation, and then so when this other woman was telling me how I was sticking apparently my pineapple in my mouth um, <laughs> the whole time. <clears throat>
2: Wow, I'm I'm thinking of that scene in the movie Trainwreck. Did y'all see that with Amy Schumer and James uh, or Bill Hader? No. Oh, oh, you should see that I movie. love those it's guys. Hysterical. but yeah, there's a scene in there with a pineapple that you will it, it will imprint itself on your brain forever, and you'll never see pineapples the same. But it didn't have anything to do with swinging. But that is hysterical, Ryan. It's <laughs> absolutely hysterical.
1: So I almost became a swinger <laughs> on a on a on a on a movie set during lunch with a woman Mm -hmm. from Florida that's that's what the internets will say about me let's take a quick break we'll be right back hey ladies let me ask a few bold questions what would it look like for you to become a sexually confident woman someone who loves touching and being touched with no guilt shame or inhibition are you ready to experience the kind of deep inner healing that could make that possible? Would you like to experience a passion for your husband like you've never had before? Or if single, would you like to make peace with your past and attract a truly healthy partner? If these questions pique your interest, then consider attending a Woman at the Well workshop with our very own Shannon Etheridge, Yay! author of 22 books and relationship coach extraordinaire. Learn more by going to shannonethridge.com and clicking the workshops link. Each four-day intensive is limited to 8 to 10 pre-screened participants, so act now and reserve your spot today.
0: Excellent. The interwebs. The interwebs. Um, the I, I have a... Um, I tried a nudist place before, like just nude beaches and such. Uh, so those questions... Um, are interesting. I have some stories to offer there. I'm not sure if you guys do. Um <laughs> tell us is... a story, Nate. About tell us nudist... a story
1: about your nude escapades.
0: Tell us which, story, which
1: which ties into another question, which which is uh, what's Nate's dating situation. You don't have to answer that right now, but please tell us about being a
0: nudist. Oh, and and if I can make it, it so,
2: minds want to know.
0: Yeah, being a nudist. Um, actually, being a nudist. That part is. I wish there was more stories to tell about that because I'm kind of just going with my comfort level and I'm very much a, you know, if it's not in my trajectory, I just don't, you know, I just don't nick it. Um, And, but what I remember most in trying out some of these, some of these nude places was when I was married, I would try to get Deb to go with me. And that's what I remember most, like how I handled those conversations. (laughs) It got weird. (laughs) I just got so obsessed with seeing naked people. It's like I just—I just had to be there. Um,
2: and you're gonna so, come back around to telling us how that made Deb feel, right?
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I just know—I just know how we handled it. How we handled it then was just—it was awkward and bumbly, and I just didn't know how to communicate my own interests in it. And um, yeah. So so what panned out there was um, when I was in college. I would go on hikes a lot on my own and the the big crescendo at the end would be to strip down and just, you know, lay under the sun completely naked and feel one with the earth, right? Then these stories came around of mountain lions, you know, being up in the hills of California. Oh, of <laughs> Hungry <course>. mountain lions. <laughs> yeah. So that's when I stopped going out hiking alone. Like I'd hike with a buddy and or some friends. And then like, you know, the whole crescendo thing that just kinda changed, you know, I wasn't alone, so I didn't even entertain it. Um so when I heard about some springs or some places we could hike to, um near California or San Diego, um, it was after that. Like, oh, I want to appreciate that oneness again. And um because it was hard to Oneness, you know, being naked, one with the earth, right? Because I was in this sexless relationship with my ex-wife, I had a whole lot of repression and I, I wanted to break some boundaries. And and what started off as a genuine interest of just, you know, feeling that crescendo and oneness with the earth again, it got mixed with the sexual energy and wanting to explore some fantasies. It got mixed with trying to find my voice. It got mixed with being someone who couldn't make a decision on his own, like, I couldn't even plan or imagine a guy's trip on my own and rally those guys together and do it. So I kind of lost my voice. So all of those things kind of got you know, mixed together with going to a nude beach with, with my ex-wife. You know, it's just all that pressure of my own growth, just, it just got heaped on, on that one thing. And so um, it was less about a conversation of going to the nude beach and more about an issue of codependency you know it that's what it became about i couldn't explore my own thing without her and she became the means for me to do it because i was too afraid to do it alone and <clears throat> anyway that's what i felt from those exchanges and they didn't we we never we only did one um springs trip together like we hiked to the springs and that was kind of awkward and what really sucked about that day was while we were doing it, a helicopter was flying overhead getting aerial shots. I don't know why. Just in the middle of nature, we're supposed to be naked in privacy. And then just like a, a, a movie with uh, some kind of war movie where they show the quiet mountain ridge, you hear the birds, and all of a sudden, <laughs> there's a helicopter. That's what happened to us.
2: It was <laughs> the Christian paparazzi.
0: Yes. Was... Well.
2: <laughs> they knew you were out there.
0: <laughs> That's what it was. Um, so needless to say, once the helicopter came, you know, we never got, I, I was fully naked. She didn't have any clothes off yet. She was thinking about it and I was like, Oh, it's going to happen. Then a helicopter. And I was like, curse you helicopter. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and, and then we took a trip like many years later in Hawaii. It was a beautiful trip. And, um, we never found this nude beach place, but we were both in a mindset where it wasn't a big deal whether we found it or not. And that was a huge testament that. All of a sudden, it wasn't a fight. It was a conversation that came and went.
2: So that's a really great point, is it's not the actual experience that gets you all titillated, it's the the, the anticipation of something like that. Uh, Yeah, the notion of... Well, Esther Perel says it in her TED Talk about rethinking infidelity. She says that the kiss that you only imagine is just as enchanting as hours of lovemaking. That, you know, it's, it's really what's going on in your head that gets you all aroused for your partner and whether you actually experience those things or not is kind of beside the point. And that's what I, that's the one thing one of the many things that I love about fantasy is that it allows us to experience things vicariously without actually going there or getting eaten by mountain lions or having aerial
1: photos taken from a helicopter <laughs> or anything like that. Well, I I do want to split out, you know, I think going being nude in public um or in private. Actually it was Nathan's example is pretty, I think is pretty different than swinging and polyamory, right? That's a pretty different, going to a clothing optional thing where, where it's not a sexual, where it's not a sexual hookup place where people feel like, you know, the clothing is a cultural construct and the meaning we, we put on our genitals and seeing each other naked is, um, it's only a big deal because we think it's a big deal. Um, I think that's different than than a a hidden, um a place where you would go to hook up with somebody else, like like because I think that there are like well, actually, Nate, I am remembering that many years ago you and I drove out to Summerland in California. And, like, we parked, but we could not figure out how to get down to the beach. Like, <laughs> Nate and I, in our 20s, went to a nude beach in California, but it's like you have to walk down this cliff, and, like, we walked up and down the highway and couldn't figure out how to get down there, so we didn't go.
0: Yes. Um,
2: Isn't that a great metaphor for your earlier life experience? <laughs> <laughs> you could see it off of the horizon, but you just couldn't
0: yes, quite get couldn't... there. <laughs> do you remember that, Nate? I sure do. That's Black's Beach
1: down near San Diego. That's no, 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 the... no, no, We were up like near, um, this was up near Santa Barbara. I think oh, it was
0: up towards Ventura.
1: Yeah, yeah. You're right. Between Ventura and Santa Barbara. It's like, I think we're it's driving called Summerland. Up. Summerland. Yeah, I do remember that place too. Yeah. We didn't go. I mean, we didn't get down there. Right.
0: Um, like I think bo- that was bo- when
1: I moved you. Was that when we moved I we moved you to California, correct? That yes. Was, gee, that's like twenty years
0: ago, twenty-two years ago. That was a long time. You see those things that we never forget. I know.
1: <laughs> I would have been happy for people to see me naked back then. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the reason that a nude beach is not even remotely appealing to me. I oh, um, If it was, if it was a nude. Uh, well, I can't even say that. I, I don't know that I really care to be nude in public around other people. I would totally be nude outdoors with my husband, you know, in the sunshine and the grass, all that kind of stuff. But the idea of a nude beach, I just immediately think of sand getting in cracks and crevices of your uh, body yeah. where you don't want sand. It's like, oh, <laughs> uh, I totally agree with you, Ryan, though, that that's, that's completely different things. The idea of being, um, unclothed outdoors. Yeah. That's a very different thing than intentionally seeking out other partner or partners for sexual liaisons, very yeah. different things.
1: Well, what, Shannon, what do you say about, what about the, the fantasy of, um, of wanting to, wanting to be nude in public where other people see you?
2: Right. Um, yeah,
1: not, not, not having sexual contact with other people, but just being seen.
2: Right. It's an exhibitionistic fantasy to be seen. And oftentimes that is the pendulum swing from being shamed Uh um, as children over your bodies or your biological desires or whatever. Usually people who tell me that they love being out in public, you know, romping wherever without clothes. they often have stories of like maybe being discovered masturbating by a mom or a dad walking in the bathroom unannounced or something. Um, that there's usually, it's usually to medicate the shame. And okay. so, you know, the idea of being shameless kind of goes back to the garden of Eden of, you know, being in your most natural state. So in a way it's kind of an effort to heal themselves from the body shame that they grew up with.
1: Yeah. 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 I, 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 a person has a fantasy that other people will see them naked and approve of them, find them lovely and beautiful, yeah. and not be your gross and shame them, and but be delighted in in seeing them naked. I I mean I see that as well in, in that.
0: Yeah, I, I one thing that I, rem, I I'm really glad that you created that distinction between, um, yeah. You know, nudity in nude areas or, or nude social gatherings versus like swingers, right? Like there is that difference. But I have to acknowledge that for some, it won't feel like that. And that's a notable point, you know? It won't feel, it won't feel different? I mean, for, for some, you know, the idea of being nude in front of other people, it really does feel like as severe as having sex with other people.
1: Oh sure sure. Right.
0: And so and so that it, even though we may understand the distinction between the two I feel, you know I feel like there was a time for me in which it wasn't it was both really legitimately fused together. Um Well,
1: it makes sense because most of the time we're only naked in the to take a shower and to have sex. You know?
0: Yeah. And so Yes.
1: to be na- to have your body exposed for any other purpose probably doesn't Makes sense. See, to that's because you
2: have you have little kids at home. As you get older and your kids aren't at home anymore, then 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 you can be naked all the time. All anytime you want. <laughs> well, my
1: it. my six year old son is naked all the time, so <laughs> we cannot keep clothes on that kid.
2: <laughs> and my guess is you don't shame them for that. No,
1: Maybe no, 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 no. Tell him it would be appropriate. He, he has to put underwear on to sit at the dinner table. But that's <laughs> yeah. that's about all we
0: <laughs> Well, this answers kind of two questions. Um I it's a, bar, a part of my dating life and it's a part of this of this question about nudity. Um I de- I dated um this amazing woman in in Holland when I when I was doing a lot of work over there. And she took me to a spa over there. And the spas there, it was a fantastic spa. You know, guys and girls could, you know, walk and share space, walk around nude. Um, even teenagers and children I saw in there. And it was such a different space for me culturally to be in a place where everyone was nude and it was accepted. And folks were just kind of lounging in the hot baths and the cool baths doing the different um, <clears throat> doing the different things that they had available there. And um, and they're all... What was really great for me is, you know, I live out in Los Angeles at the moment. I do a lot of work in New York. So there is a lot of folks that are image-based in their industries. There's a lot of, you know, like in TV, there's a lot of good-looking people. That's what you'd say. Um, there mm-hmm. at the spa, it was just different. And it was a relief to be around a place that allowed the nudity, that just had a different um, priority set with how people looked, that it wasn't even an issue. And even having... You mean like, so it's like naked regular people, not naked movie stars. Yeah. Correct. Correct. You you know, all shapes and sizes, all ages, bare, very not bare, just all across the board. There is no shame. And... um, of course, when you're moving around in these pools that are hot and, you know, steaming and everything like that adds an element of magic too. But um, I have to say that was such a shock for me. And I and I remember, you know, um, the girl I was seeing at the time, she was very intentional at taking me to this place. Like she just thought that as an American, as someone who grew up in, in the Bible Belt and Christian cultured, you know she had a different perspective of how he, we held sexuality and she just wanted to show me a different world and um what i realized all of my efforts to go to these nude places before was after this experience that i was having in europe just about a year and a half ago it was after some type of pure container where i can i can work with my shame i can i can be comfortable with other people nude and not be conflicted because they look like they're from a Victoria's Secret commercial. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> you're saying you're not getting...
1: <laughs> you can be around naked people without getting turned on? Is that what you're saying?
0: Well, I, to be around naked people and to know that I'm not looking at them to be turned on. Like, I think we have a natural curiosity to bounce back to that natural state as we were in the Garden of Eden, right? We walked in a place where there was no shame. So there was this drive, the drive that we have for grace, for love, for God, is the same type of communal holiness that we can have when we're nude among one another and there's no shame. It's that slice of heaven, right? Um, So that longing to, to feel that and experience that was what I was actually after, you know, with doing the trying to go to the nude beach or even that one place with you with my ex-wife i mean
2: you describing this reminds me a few years ago i went to this place in dallas called the king's spa have y'all ever heard of it Mm -mm. um it's basically run by a chinese family um but it's a huge place where there's all these different rooms of you know sauna and infrared and just all this all these healthy experiences that you can have but the uh, they have two separate bathing areas, one for men and one for women, and and it's total nude, and it's like you described, Nate, it's, it's people of all ages, shapes, sizes, and uh, all these different pools, all these different temperatures and stuff, and so I go into you know experience this, and um, I remember sitting in one of the pools and being taken aback for a split second that a mother had brought her probably 10 or 12 year old daughter there. But then it hit me. Oh my gosh, this would be such a healthy experience for a girl to grow up with. Because I mean, the women that were in there, I mean, you know, a lot of them were in their sixties or seventies and some had had a mastectomy and some were pregnant and some, you know, it just, you saw everything, you know, just Mm -hmm. from one spectrum to the other. And I thought, you know, the only nudity that young girls are raised with is that that they see, like you said, in a Victoria's Secret window in a mall or online porn that they stumble upon or whatever. They don't see what real nudity actually looks like. And I thought, I wish that my daughter was young enough that I could bring her to something like this. But in her 20s, I knew that she'd be like, no way am I doing that with you, mom. Um, Okay, so I want to segue back to something that... uh, a couple things that you said, Nate, and that Ryan, I think that you kind of highlighted. So, yeah, two different things: nudity and pursuing other people with the intention of being sexual with someone outside of your spouse. Um, how did how you had mentioned how you felt about that, Nate, and how it got kind of convoluted? How you had attached several things to it, and it kind of got a little bit messy in your head. That because you because you wanted—I don't remember how you put it—you. You described that you wanted to explore something, but that led to you wanting to explore this and that and the other, too. Um, How did
1: Nate's ex-wife
2: respond during that season? Did it cause her to open up with you, or did it cause her to shut down on you? The reason that I ask is because Mm -hmm. I recently recently talked with a couple, and he was really wanting to go in the polyamorous direction. Mm Mm-hmm but it wasn't a reflection of he wasn't happy in his marriage. He just thought that they were missing out on things that he really wanted to experience. Now he had experienced some of these things in a previous marriage. Um, but in her previous marriage, um, she had been cheated on and didn't feel like she was enough for her husband. So what she interpreted his desire for other people besides just her was that she wasn't enough. Mm -hmm. And you can imagine how painful, that was for her. And we spent time unpacking his polyamory fantasy of what does this actually represent for you? And we were able to arrive at a place that, you know, that I felt like would be a healthy boundary for them that they were both mutually agreeable on. But I know that not every couple takes the time to connect with a counselor or coach to say, help us understand what this represents to him and what this represents to me. And, and where's the, the healthy middle ground it like, were you in- Nate's able to work through that without it driving a bigger wedge between you? Or did it hurt her feelings that you were interested in other partners or how did, how did that all go down? If you don't, I'm asking if it's too personal, don't, don't feel any obligation.
0: Um, I think what made our experience unique there was that we never got a good sexual relationship with each other. And because we didn't have that with each other, how we looked at it was we're kind of at a different place, you know, this, so we, we decided together to open up the container of our relationship to allow conversations with other people. We, um, and, you know, to kind of date socially, kind of letting that in, not rushing into anything. And the effort there was that we both realized that we, we our marriage did something to both of us sexually where we were kind of asexual at the moment. We had zero sex drive. And so um, I would like to put us... Uh, my my stories in... That's where that fits, you know? Um, for couples who have a sexual relationship, whatever alchemic fusion that happens there naturally, um, whatever intimacy that happens there, um, my ex and I did not have. And um, so... I don't think we're a good example of how to handle that part, but um, I know it, it's a part of it, and I know it needs conversation space. So um, so I think it's important to have that space and but that's how it wa- that was where I came from and how I looked at it at the time. Um, yeah, there was no relationship that could break, that could fall apart as a result of this experiment because we reached the extent of what we were which is actually a really good friendship. Oh, and
1: that is all the time we have for this episode. Obviously, this conversation will continue and be just as juicy and edgy and as crazy because there are other things to be said about this topic. Thank you guys for listening, all of you out there, and for supporting the podcast. We have one more episode after this. Episode 24 will be our last for this season, though we'll have some special pop-up shows coming up this year. And you can hear us and talk with us and play with us at the Wild Goose Festival this July. If you haven't bought your tickets, buy your tickets. And hang out with us, Nate and Ryan at Wild Goose. Uh, we'll do a live recording of our podcast with folks around the Goose on the GooseCast. Email us at info at or tweet us at touch underscore cast we would love to hear from you
2: hey listeners you may not know this but ryan clark has a consulting company it's called next good and this is how he helps individuals and organizations rewrite their futures by becoming actors in their own comedy you'll learn how to collaborate experiment and play with your fellow cast members as you all move forward in life toward your ultimate goals go to ournextgood.com for more information
0: This has been Touch Podcast. I'm Nate Novero. This is Ryan Clark.
2: And I am Shannon Etheridge, and we love you for listening.